Yes, hello folks, welcome along once again to the Irish Rally Podcast, tonight in association with Tree Rock, who create, manufacture and deliver signage and brand activation solutions to businesses and brands across the country. Visit treerock.e for more and follow them on social media. A clatter of stuff to go through and a stellar lineup here on tonight's programme. Um, coming up a little bit later, we'll be chatting to uh, Rob Duggan and Jura Conway. We'll also chat to Nicole Drought as well. Uh, but first of all, I'd like to welcome on Mr. Sean Moriarty of Kerry Motorsport News. How are we doing, Shawnee? Good, Kevin, yeah. Recovering after a hectic weekend in the king- kingdom, which was good fun, good crack, great, great, great weekends, Rally. You're getting used to this crack now, aren't you? Well, it's a bit used to it, all right. It might be around in a few days, all right. But, <laughs> it's still a great sport. It's still great to be involved. Absolutely. And delighted to welcome on Mr. Paul Nagel. Paul, how are we doing? I'm very good. Great to be on, and thanks for having me. At long last, we've got a hole yet. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of stay away from these things the, uh, as much as I can, especially when we're so busy during the year. And, uh, you just have to be clever on social media sometimes, what you say. But uh, this is a special occasion. So um, sorry for the last few times, but sure, we're here now. It's all right, we'll forgive you. Now, to put it out there, in fairness, Paul did get in touch with us and offer these services uh, in apology for the last few times when he wasn't available. So uh, we uh, we thank you for that, Paul. Um, as you mentioned, it was uh, a very special weekend. There's just so much poignant moments, I suppose, um, for uh, for lots of people involved. We have lots of stories to touch on, you know. So for you, especially, Paul, obviously, you know, your dad, Morris, the, the brainchild of the event, I suppose, back in 1996. And then to go on and win it, I suppose... And have that trophy in front of you, um, pretty special. Yeah, for sure it is. It's. I was only a teenager when, when it happened in 1996, and there was a lot of preparations for a couple of years before that, and uh, it was it was a big battle to get it over the line and get everything sorted with sponsors and stages, and to get another rally ran in, in Killarney Motor Club as well when they had the big international. Um, but he, my dad, always pushed and pushed for the, his. There was an opening for a historic rally and really wanted it and I was only in school that back then so I was delighted to get away with dossing days and doing bits and pieces and out marking the roads and I was actually my first event as well we were myself my one of my best friends Paula Hearn we went off delivering sandwiches to all the 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 marshals for the whole weekend and that was a whole stories as well but there for other days but we ran out of fuel and other stupid things like that because we were young and inexperienced we were only 16 and 17 we were yeah and uh it's that's why I got my very first break. We it was a rally car gave out pace nuts and uh obviously I went on two years later then with Kieran O'Neill to win the, the modified section. So to come back this year and obviously two years ago as well, but to, to get my hands on the cup now it was always something that I had to get my hands on eventually at some stage and, and try and win it. Um and with the circumstances over the last couple of years and when I'm away from the world championship, we were able to make it happen. And uh it's just the way the whole thing fell this year to come back again and able to do it because I think from 2008 to 2019 I had only done two rallies in Ireland so between ERC and IRC and WRC it was very hard to come back and do any rallies at home I was always to help out in the rally and help out the, the club but uh, yeah it was very special for me to, to win the 25th obviously it's a, a 25th anniversary very important and I think I said a couple times over the weekend I also have the Tama Championship trophy here and I have the 40 Lakes as well so for any kid growing up, growing up through the the world of motorsport and Irish motorsport, you'd always want to win your home rally. You'd always want to win something at home. And for me to have all three, even now, um, it took a long time to get them. But uh, my career went with different roads and went down the WRC route, obviously. And but my roots were always at home. And 
it gave me that fire back in me back in 2019 to go back and do the Tarman Championship and, and start to enjoy the sport again. And um, really, really happy now to, to have that cup there this weekend. Yeah. And in fairness, Sean, you kind of broke that story on Kerry Motorsport and it was over the weekend. The fact that Paul had won every Kerry rally as such, like, I mean, that was that, that's a hell of an achievement. And as, as he's mentioned there, he's very much rooted, uh, you know, to the area. Um, but, but overall, just to, to change things slightly, I mean, the crowds, lads, it was just mega. Like, people were all over the place. The place was thronged, um, which, which was mighty, obviously. But uh, what was it like going around in, in the double O, Sean, trying to keep an eye on things and make sure everyone was safe? Because there was such big crowds, and that's obviously a, a big you know, an important facet of the of the event and every event. Yeah, the crowds were incredible. I mean, uh, credit to Clarny District Motor Club for the work they put in and they the ran an, an exceptionally safe and well-organised event. Yeah, fair enough, the first stage was a little bit late getting off the ground, but it was it was almost like a perfect storm. We were starved at rallying. We haven't seen so much rallying down here over the or anywhere in the country for the last two years. And then you've got our two biggest world stars appearing in a, uh, an iconic BMW M3, which is a rally really rooted in the history of the, the Rally of the Lakes. You go back to the Bertie Fisher days of the 1990s, Austin McHale, the Russian twins. So it, it was just the perfect star attraction to get get the people out. But the second time up to the gap, I think it was it was very like so equivalent into the World Championship. There was people peeping out of every hedge and bush up along the up along the road there. Uh, fantastic scenery like um we had a touch of frost down here late last week, Wednesday and Thursday night. And the McGilligoddy Reeks were still covered in a, a white snow to remind you of Gap in Monte Carlo and uh, uh, just incredible scenes, really, to, to to see the amount of people out there. And with that kind of a backdrop, there's no better backdrop. Should the, the roads down here are made for rallying and rallying is made for carry and everybody's happy. But as I said at the beginning, the um, the real credit, the real, the, the real credit goes to the team at Killarney District Motor Club for an incredible amount of hard work over a short period of time. I think they only got the green light in mid-September to pull off what is the equivalent of an international rally in that space of time. They did deserve the real clap in the back. Fantastic. Um, you also touched there on, um, on uh, Paul's kind of the, the historic fact that he's won the every single uh, rally possible in County Kerry now. That's one, unlikely to be ever beaten now with the new rules coming in by Motorsport Ireland. Uh, some of these rallies are only going to be run every second year. Um, the Clarny Historic Rally is discontinued for various other reasons. Um, Paul won the Certainty Kerry, which is technically my home event in 2004 alongside Donny O'Sullivan. But it was that very man that gave Paul his first break in the WRC uh, eight or nine months after. And the uh, Certainty Kerry was April 04, and Paul's first. Um, WRC event was at Rally Catalonia the same year. So there's always nice connections that have kind of followed through from his first circuit carry went to his debut in the World Championship or uh, with the same driver in the same car. Yeah. And Paul, when did you know that this event was going to be a possibility for yourself and Craig? Like, uh, did you have much time to plan? No, we were testing for Monte. Oh, well, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. Uh, we Originally, we were planning to do the RAC. And uh, that was put on hold uh, five days in the March to Escort over in Wales. And we were, ended up being testing last week in, in France on the Wednesday. So there was, that was never going to happen. We knew that two weeks earlier. And uh, Craig just spoke to Mike Mahoney briefly to say, look, if you need any for the rally uh, videos or anything, we won't be available. And that happened a week and a half before the rally, I suppose, yeah, two weeks before the rally. And uh, Mike Mahoney, Mike from Rintikil, 
came on board and says, "Is there a car available? Can we make something happen?" And between between Mike Mahoney and and Paul Ahern from Ahern's and Stephen Mallerob Motors, they all jumped on board quickly, and it happened more or less while while we were on the plane going to going over to France to go testing and. Uh, we got back on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, uh, Thursday evening, and we got into the car there late Thursday evening for a couple of spins and and headed for Kenmare on Saturday morning. It was a fantastic car. It was absolutely superb by Mats, who brought all the way over from Holland. Uh, we've seen enough videos now in the last couple of days that the sound of it, it was, was phenomenal everywhere. And uh, it was a joy to be inside in the car for the whole day. And the three stages were fantastic. The weather, you couldn't pick better weather for it. It was been damp in the morning. But uh, yeah, it was it was great to be inside, and it's it's as I remember a young lad watching the Russians and Bertie Fisher and Austin McHale and the the three M threes in Killarney uh, back in nineteen nineties, and uh, and the Russians were a big sensation that weekend. Yet Fisher went on to win the rally, and McHale lost the championship and cut said by breaking a drive shaft. So yeah, it was always a fabulous car growing up as well and I was lucky enough to get a spin um, a number of years back as well with Dennis Cronin and Galway in the M3 I'm starting to show my age a bit now but uh, yeah the minute Craig got the opportunity to get into M3 there was there was no there was no going back and it's possibly our last trip out now you won't see us probably back in Irish style unless it's on a WRC car I think we'll be tied up now fairly well for the next two years so to get that last little chance and let Ford and between Ford and the Hounders let them do a, a couple of events like this um, it would just with pressure free rallying and enjoy it because it'll be a totally different story next year absolutely and you know even though we have seen a few videos right we've a minute and a half of a clip there that Eamon Finn gave us it is up on his Facebook page and the YouTube page as well that you can obviously subscribe to and have a look at but you know people are obviously going to be listening to this uh they they, they choose to listen instead of watching they'll be doing it on Spotify and an Apple and places like that afterwards so I just think for the purpose of that for me what resonates the most with the car as well as it being so beautiful looking is the actual sound of it so we might give this a quick jingle lads
wow is all like I can describe it as. Um, uh, what was more impromptu now, the actual participation in the event, Paul, or the donuts there at the last junction? <laughs> uh, that was just a, that was probably a little, uh, local, uh, local, uh, uh, what would I call it, a local arrangement. Uh, <laughs> arrangement with a couple of friends uh, running up the front, a couple of my friends and all. But we were uh, no, but Malz Gap and Balakpima. No, we weren't hanging about the second pass. We had a good go. We had a right good go on uh, Balakpima. Obviously, Craig's dad went off, and we just had to make sure his car was didn't looking so badly damaged. And uh, we came up with just a few donuts, but. Uh, uh, just one of those things you have to do sometimes. Yeah, well, look, as I said, the sound, I, I just love the sound of the M3. I think it's incredible, like, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of the time, in fairness, when at the start of Kevin Lendenning's podcast on Crunching Gears, you hear those sounds, you hear the Metro, you hear the BMW, you hear the, the Subaru and all, and you don't even have to, you can just close your eyes and you can see them. That's, you know, that's the, the kind of thing that it brings and the uniqueness of it, I suppose. But yeah, Sean, you got a bit of a spin in this machine as well, didn't you? I did. I was very lucky. I think it was, uh, I think that deal happened in the pub on Thursday night, but sure, so sometimes what happens in the pub should stay in the pub, but he didn't get away with it this time. Uh, he, Paul mentioned to me on Thursday night, he said, if you're doing nothing about 8 o'clock tomorrow morning, be at this location and bring your helmet. And I said, what's going on? He said, you heard me. So I arrived there at the, time, the appointed time. And uh, yeah, Craig and Matt's were very busy early in the morning trying to get the final setting on this car. And more or less when he was finished, Myself and Tony O'Sullivan and a few more uh, local club members here were very lucky, and I and I, I stress that very lucky and very privileged to get the opportunity to go for a spin on the the very famous Malachany stage in County Cork, um, often used in the Cork Twenty International Rally, and uh, the last time the Cork Twenty ran in the Balavoon area, they used that stage. So uh, incredible car, incredible driver, incredible experience. Uh, Probably one of my highlights of a very, very uh, exciting weekend. Uh, but like, uh, as I say, privileged and uh, honoured. There's just, you know, right place, right time. And grateful for my friendship with Paul and Craig that that opportunity came about, to be honest about it. Uh, many people would like to have that opportunity, but you know, they're very lucky. Very, very lucky. Yeah. Beautiful car. Um, and a slightly different note that that video there kind of took me straight back to the 1990s. I'm showing my age now as well, and I I can remember the Russians and Mikhail and Bertie Fisher at all in the in the 1990s in these BMWs, and you could superimpose the the, the those cars back into that video clip over Carrow Lake and Balapima there. And the only thing different in the video is there's lads hanging out of hedges with mobile phones taking videos. Everything else is the same. Like it just hasn't. It's it's incredible. Straight back to those days. I was on Cod's head that day, and I wasn't too far away from where Mikhail broke the, the rear axle. You could see him in the distance stopping, and that handed the Irish Tarmac title at the time to Bertie Fisher, and then that became uh, Rory Kennedy's first ever international rally win. And thirty-one years later, this weekend, he was back in Killarney. Not his first time back in Killarney, no, mate, but his first time ever doing the historic rally. Uh, also on the BMW M3, and I mean, I'm talking there about the special occasion I had on Friday morning, but nothing could compare to what uh, Paul and Rory Kendi have experienced. Uh, uh, the, the, Paul has created memories, and Rory was reliving memories, if you like, and that's just fantastic for, for the two of them, really. Do you know? mm-hmm. yeah. And Paul, like, if I can just bring you back to because I have a picture of this moment in my head, and I'd like to know what <laughs> kind of was, was going through your head at the time, but when you're sitting there up at the bar, right, and the trophy's in front of you, that's named after your dad, it has to be special. Like you're sitting there with such pride. I, I can only imagine. Of course I am. Yeah, for sure. Like it's, uh, 
he did the historic rally in 2018 uh, as road closed, like he did for many years, and 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 five or six later, five or six days later, he was dead. So, uh, myself and Craig were in the metro that day. So for sure, look, the amount of work my my dad's close friends to get, got did to get that cup, and they raised huge amounts of money, and they paid for the cup, and there was loads and loads of money left over, and went to a special charity as well, and. It, it always, it was always there. It's like I'd have to win it. That was then there was no ifs or buts about it at some stage. And I, I putting Craig under pressure a lot of times, and uh, I put him in huge pressure two years ago in the Rally of the Lakes and uh, the Forty. And I wanted that one as much as I wanted this one. Um, but I felt more relaxed this weekend. Um, I just felt that we had the right car. We, I had the right man behind me, beside me, and. I owe him a huge amount of credit too, as I said in the lakes two, two years ago. I put more pressure on him than I would do on Finland and 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 Eper this year when we were battling for a contract and what the whole of town Kalani put him pressure on him. But he, he soaked it up well this weekend. But for sure, like to, emotionally and uh, and connected to me and my family and all to have the cup and as I said to have the two of them now and the Tamil Championship trophy. I'm I feel like it's I have everything I ever wanted in Irish motorsport completed. And Sean, you did touch on the circuit of Kerry, and I have the Banner Beach as well, and, and the Forestry back in 2005. And I actually am county champion as well. I've won Shawnee's um, championships two years ago. So uh, it means an awful lot to me, really. It's hard to put words into it. It's hard to tell you I'm ecstatic. It would be great if my dad was still around, but I have his cup. So that's important, too. So I don't be jumping around the place. I have it. I have it. It's part of me for the next 12 months, and but I'll never bring it back. So there's a part of me, it doesn't really, there's part of me there as well that I'm not, it's just jumping with joy, if you know, if that makes sense, like yeah. so. But anyway, that's, 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 that's where it is. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, I'll tell you one thing, he'd be damn proud of you, boy. And a contract now for next year as well. Um, You know, it's, it's great, it's great stuff in fairness, Paul. And you know, before I kind of delve into that, you know, I just want to know, going up the gap, whatever, you, you've been up and down an M3, a 6R4, WRC cars, rear-wheel drives. Uh, how did it compare the other day? And what is that feeling like just blasting up to that famous stage? Would you believe I'd be always a bit edgy and nervy starting Mons Gap? I suppose my home rally is and as well. Um, I could go to other rallies in the world now and I wouldn't, wouldn't even bother me. Mons Gap is that, that, that local attraction, that famous, one of the most famous stages in the country. And uh, it was a big buzz going up there. I think the Metro in, in 18 was, was something... It wasn't about out and out speed. It was out pure noise in, in the Metro. But the, the second pass in the M3 now, when it dried up a lot, uh, we we really enjoyed it going up, 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 especially up around the ladies' view, up to ladies' view, up around all around the beef, as we call it, locals. Uh, it was really, really good. And obviously coming to the top of the gap, the gap has widened up again a bit, a lot now. And then turning right at the top, you probably don't get the same um, satisfaction of drifting going left. But uh, yeah, look, every car is different. You got there, I was looking up to go in the, in, in the R5 as well. Uh, a couple of years ago. So, but any day you get up Mall's Gap on a closed road is a special day. Mm-hmm. And just then in relation to next year, before I before I do let you go on, I know a lot of it is, is tight-lipped or whatever, but in fairness now, right, I think it was probably the worst-kept secret in Motorsport. <laughs> like, we all knew it was going to happen, right? Uh, some probably knew a bit quicker than others, isn't that right, Sean? Uh, in fairness now, Sean... I wouldn't have any context up that level now, to be honest, but... <laughs> in fairness, he didn't leak it. Uh, yeah. But, you know... On a serious note, absolutely delighted that that's after happening. Um, and uh, you must be buzzing. And, you know, obviously you mentioned you've been doing some tests and already and all. 
um you know you're, you're only talking a few weeks and, and we're we're up and going again so it's hectic and it's a drive that uh you both deserve and obviously we're late for you here on the Irish Rally podcast but talk to us about that yeah it was the worst kept secret, right? But a lot of people are surprised that all the deals were done a long, long, long time before before we got the Estonia podium and the Ypres podiums. So it was kept well quite enough till the Estonia came around when people knew we weren't staying with Hyundai, I think. Then it started to leak, but the deals were done well before that. Um, yeah, it was it was a great year with Hyundai, I have to say. I think we had a solid year in all every rally. We did disappointing Croatia for certain reasons, and we did, just didn't have a good rally. And you can have those ones, but I think when when all the contracts were really in place, and we went to Estonia, Finland, and and uh, where else was it? Estonia, Ypres, and Finland, um, there were three huge rallies. And uh, to like to lead Estonia more or less on very close to the lead on Friday night, taking on Robin Perrots and his back door and racing Tier Neville on his back door in 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 Ypres, and then going and leading. Finland um, was a huge credit to Craig and he deserved to be back in the World Championship. He deserved his drive at the at the top table now and those results were helped with a contract finalised and signed and sealed more or less before we got into these big rallies. But yeah, going to next year, it's, it's going to be a huge commitment. We haven't done a full season. We haven't done a full season since 2016 or 15 actually. So it's going to be it's going to be huge work as I said it was away last week in Monte Carlo te- testing. We have a test in Sweden before Christmas, and then as people counting down the second week in January, it all starts from Monte Carlo and go testing. We have all new cars. Loads of people ask me what does it feel like. We all say it all feels great, but you don't have a reference. Um, I had the situation back in 2017. Our Citroen looked fantastic, and we don't have to talk anymore about that. And we we go to Monte with a, a massive support from Ford. There's massive resources we put into it. Uh, Malcolm has put a lot of faith into Craig. The expectations will be high. And Toyota won't build a bad car. Hyundai won't build a bad car. They'll all have their own little um, extras on their own side of things from the engineering. And we have to go Monte Carlo, get a good result and push on as much as we can for the whole year. And I'd be lying to say we, 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 we will be expected to win rallies. And I suppose to have an all Irish crew in the top step of podium next on on the World Championship rally next year is something that isn't a dream. It has to be it's realistic really if you want to look at the, the bigger picture. We have to we have to win rallies next year and it's something that's probably means an awful lot to me and Craig. I have my wins obviously and Craig has fought so hard to get back to the back to the, the top of the world championship and he's got his podiums now and he's getting quicker and quicker and he's maturing and he's getting he improves every rally he goes out. So I'm uh, I'm expecting good results next year. Um, it's going to be hard work. It's going to be a lot of work. Reliability, obviously, with all the new cars, we don't know um, what to expect. Uh, this hybrid era, no one knows what 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 this. Is. The engineers seem to know what's going on. I stay out of it. I I wouldn't be that clever in school, so I keep out all these technology technical um, side of things and all that all that carry on. So I just call the pace nuts and get A to B. But It'll be demanding on both myself and Craig and the team and we'll have huge support from, from Ireland travelling around the world. I couldn't believe it that the amount of people who are in Finland and, and Ypres and, and hopefully the whole world will be in a better place next year and we'll have a lot more people in service parks and stages like that and on the stages as well. So I don't know, we're just looking forward to Monte Carlo and looking forward to getting back at it again and for me to get another crack at it again, another crack at the full season, uh, something maybe back in 2018 I didn't think would ever again happen. So last point, and it's kind of twofold, right? So the first part of it is, uh, it's an observation, obviously. I think the fact that you were auditioning almost, or it seemed like you were auditioning every event this year, 
has to help with the pressure next year of, you know, the expectations around winning, uh, first of all. And I'll double it up by asking another additional pressure, balancing family life, because you're away a lot of time. That's obviously tough um, and something that you've obviously experienced before. But um, it has to take us toll a little bit. So how do you go about trying to get the balance right with that? Yeah, well, first of all, the pressure, I suppose, you're right, an audition every, every, well, let's go, will you go back 12 months to Estonia when the middle of foot and mouth, or foot and mouth, you hear me, uh, COVID, uh, we had to be the second place to Titanic that year, and that was what gave us a contract for this year. Whatever it is, Craig seems to soak up all the pressure, and he dealt with it very well this year. As I said, we had our three podiums, and we will have different types of pressure next year, and this year, we're on the cusp of getting in. Now we're part of it. We're the number one drivers of Ford and we're the expected. So that's a different type of pressure. As for managing family life, yeah, it's, it's very difficult. You have to have a very uh, understanding woman at home and I'm very lucky that Cathy and my two boys, she she looks after them as much as she can and, and it's a team effort at home and you're away so much, you give up, you sacrifice everything and they sacrifice everything for me and I've sacrificed a lot of people ask me, oh, I have a great life and I travel the world and I have the fancy race suits and the fancy helmets and I go here and there. And I don't, I don't uh, get me wrong, I love it. And you're on 100 flights a year or 100 plus flights a year, um, trips around the world and they're not business class flights. Even people think we have the best life in the world and you're living out of uh, dodgy hotels and, and when you're up in the mountains testing and all this. And that's all part of it. It's all something that you just get on with life. But the commitment is huge like there's no such thing as birthday parties weddings uh funerals 40s 50s i missed the birth of my first child because i was in germany so you have to give up absolutely everything and my family and wife and my friends must fit in around me and they're 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 a huge part of of my success and my huge part of me going forward and i'd be speaking the same for craig as well his mom and dad travel the world around but I have two young kids now at home as well, so it's hard going away from them all the time. But look, this is what it is. I've I've got it this far to keep going for another bit and keep flying the flag for Ireland as much as I can. That's it, because obviously there's a the time frame isn't you know endless either, so you have to kind of make it count while the opportunities are there. So listen, come here. We'll leave it at that, Paul. A pleasure to have you on Derek's Rally Podcast. Thanks for jumping on, and the very best luck to yourself and Craig for next year. All right. And I'll come on again, I promise you now. When I know come what on. I'm doing next year, I'll we come ha- on again. We haven't scared you. Next year. <laughs> no, you haven't. No, you're fine. Come on. Thanks a million, Paul. We'll chat to you again soon. So uh, now it's time to bring in Rob Duggan. How are you getting on, Rob? Not bad. How are you? Fine now. And Mr. Jarrah Conway. How are we doing, Jarrah? Good. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm not going too bad. Um, congratulations. Um, obviously, a very special victory for you guys as well um, on, on Saturday and the Modifieds. And... Um, yeah, whatever it was with the car that you were giving out about the last time, Rob, you were saying she was sliding all over the place, think, below in the banner rally. And obviously there was problems, you think, up to even the night before. Uh, you got them sorted fairly uh, convincingly anyway. Uh, but how bad were they? What were they? And when did you actually get them sorted? Oh, Jesus, yeah. Um, from the minute we left then, we were trying to sort out the, the problems that we were having, just handling issues, TD issues with the car, couldn't off the car with the brakes and stuff um we just went about trying to figure out the problems straight away um we thought we had everything fixed for the saturday before the rally uh went for a drive our car was still all over the place um brought it back up to to donald healy motorsport uh, who did a massive job the last two weeks getting it prepared for killarney um got got to most of the problems um went for a spin towards the morning Blew another hole in the exhaust, 
had to go midday Thursday, make a phone call, get a full new exhaust system made for the car, lift his shed in Cork at, I think it was one or two o'clock Thursday night, drove down to where we test local, um, got going Friday for a spin, and within two or three runs, we sourced that the front right shock in the car, as it was getting hot, it was seizing up. So, a uh, quick phone call to my brother, who thankfully pulled out of the rally a week or two before it. Uh, could we borrow his two front shocks off the car? Um, straight back to the shade, two front shocks off his, off mine, swapped them around, back out to another shade. Donald Healy came down, tracked it up, and it went in for park for me in the start ramp. So, we'd kind of, it was about 45 minutes before the start ramp. So we actually finished the car and thought, okay, it's 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 somewhere ready to face mild gap. And uh, yeah, we had no tests, we had no nothing. We just put settings into it and um, and hope for the best. So I suppose it didn't work out too bad after the the week we had leading up to it. It didn't, in fairness. And obviously, you know, on the first stage, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you guys were ten seconds quicker than uh, your nearest, uh, you know, opposition at that particular point. Maybe even more. I think it was in around ten anyway. Uh, but that's yeah, obviously yeah, on a yeah. stage. That's on a stage where you've just got the car right like so you weren't sparing it even though you know there was maybe an issue or two like you were taking we, we taking a bit of a risk with that do you think like er, look i suppose any time you jump into a rally car and try and go up miles get hard they're taking a bit of a risk but um no we 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 said it before the rally even started that look we're just going to go and try and enjoy ourselves and if something comes out of it it does and we try and work on the car during the week we or during the weekend and see how we can progress it but we we genuinely didn't know facing into mile gap if we'd be i mean a quicker or a minute slower than everyone we just kind of went with the whole attitude of we'll just try try to try our best and if it's working it went around the first two corners and it didn't break away and it didn't slide across the road so from there on we kind of knew okay it's not a million miles away let's get the head down and Luckily enough, we had a good tyre choice for the morning. We kind of took a risk and went slightly harder than some. And I suppose at the end of it, it just paid off. Uh, yes, we always come out of the blocks and try and, try and be quick on stage one. So it is, it's kind of where we've, we, well, I try and get a chunk in the way in the morning and see what we can do from there. And uh, yeah, it paid off with a, a 10 second lead out of the first stage. It was a, a nice start. Yeah, well, Liam O'Callaghan famously spoke about the secret of the gap, but Jory, you seem to have it very much so anyway, Saturday morning. Uh, yeah, it was, um, considering all the problems during the week and everything, it was uh, it couldn't really be much better start to the day. But um, that stage, like, the time was very, very good in it, but I think it was just, it was very calm, clean, good lines, everything. Um, I don't think it actually felt as quick as it was, but... Uh, yeah, it was a good start to the day. Absolutely. And in fairness, we have we have a couple of clips of you guys now, right? And one of them, the first one I'm going to show is from nine-year-old Shane Quinn. Uh, so let's have a little look at this. Yeah, so that's the first one. This is going through the gap. In fairness, like that, that in particular, you're 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 very much trying there, going through the gap, like, uh, um, yeah, it's it must be some sight coming up that road and seeing that crowd then, and uh, yeah, then the tail flicks out for good measure. 
Yeah, we were we were only laughing about it after the stage. We just kind of it was a bit unintentional. We just went down a gear, down to third, and turned it in, and the back took off. And I said, sure, <laughs> where where else is better than to, to throw it out sideways at the top mile gap? So I just pegged the shoe to the headlight and uh, hung on, and <laughs> luckily enough to get out the other side and didn't lose much time. So yeah, it was just a bit of a, a spur of the moment thing. Yeah, well, it looks spectacular, in fairness. And uh, in fairness, like uh, the first clip I showed there, right, that was obviously, you know, I- I'll just show a comparison. We have a clip of Kevin Ease as well, again from nine year old Shane. Like he's trying desperately hard there. So in fairness, and it nearly all goes wrong. Like that's that's Kevin's style, I suppose. But just the the contrast in that particular clip, you know, it is interesting. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can see Kevin was trying hard, and uh, I suppose it didn't show there that we were trying hard. But we, I can assure you, we weren't. There was definitely spec coming off the forehead, and we got to the end of it. But uh, yeah, the boys tried very hard, and I suppose they all they all say the the local knowledge and whatever plays a big part, which I suppose it does, and I do know the stage very well and whatever, but at the end of the day, I suppose we still have to grab the steering wheel and drive it, and the boys have plenty of cars and everything to, to follow up and see how quick they can go up there and where they can improve, so I suppose it's just, yeah, it's it's the stage I like, and it's when you're facing into it, you just, uh, I know I want to do a good time, and when it's first out of the blocks in the morning, it always suits, and yeah, um, Kevin wasn't too far away at all, and a lot of other lads, uh, it's only uh, it's only waiting to happen that they'll they'll take a big chunk of time out of us on the gap and um yeah we'll we'll try and keep it going and keep nipping nipping seconds out of them until that happens in a way. Sean, I'd say you were a bit tired going through the gap, were you? <laughs> Sorry, Kevin, I missed that. I'd say you were a bit tired now going through the gap, were you? Well, you know, front wheel drive, of course. I got the first one. Rear wheel drive was. I give the boys credit, uh, 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 Robin, Jared. That that's a fantastic performance and fantastic yeah. driving. Um, did, did, I I know Rob a long, long time. I remember maybe going back about ten years ago, and I was doing a report for uh, Radio Kerry at the end of Mars Gap. I was ran the opposite way. This way, we turned left at the top rather than right. And uh, I asked him his time for the stage, and he gave it to me. I said, "No, no, give me the time." <laughs> it was actually in the Honda Civic at the time. It was good enough for uh, an international rally top ten time, and. That just showed the talent back then in the Honda Civic. Um, I think what impressed me most, and I mean, and this is even off the stages that impressed me most about Rob and Jared the weekend was, um, I was one of the first people to, to, to shake their hand at the uh, finish ramp in the, the Glen Eagle. The first thing they said to me that they were dedicating the win to, to Johnny Hickey. Now, Johnny Hickey was a great friend of ours, and I include Paul Nagel, who just left the podcast in this. And uh, we lost him in uh, unfortunate circumstances uh, earlier on this year. But they were absolutely the first words out of uh, Rob's mouth, and it meant a lot. It meant a lot to Rob. He was close friends with Johnny. It meant a lot to Jerry, who was close friends, and uh, and and me hearing it, it meant a lot as well because um, you know he he's left um, he's a big big loss in uh, Killarney District Motor, a big loss to Irish Rallying, and good friend to all of ours. And uh, the, I take my hat off to them. The very first words that they said at the Glen Eagle on um, on uh, Saturday evening was that they're dedicating this win to Johnny. And uh, absolute respect, boys. Fair play for that. That's that's I mean that like uh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much on your mind. I, I would take it during the day. Uh, you know that's a motivating factor, I suppose, lads. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is our our first Killarney historics without Johnny around the place, ringing us, making sure this is right and that's right, and 
ringing us where we wanted to be seeded. We nearly always had the peak with Johnny. He used to do uh, a great job in the seeding. And yeah, it's just in small things that you'd coming up to the week of the rally, you'd say you wouldn't miss him two weeks before, but the week of it, you're, he's just the, the phone calls would be endless and making sure everything is right. And he'd be up to his eyeballs to trying to help up with the rally as well. And he'd be the first lad to text or, or ring or anything after finish the the last stage if, if we were fortunate enough to win and I suppose it's the small things like that that you miss mm-hmm. and obviously Mike Falvey as well lads you know another yeah. person like to you know, pay a tribute to or whatever and the, the number one was left uh, vacant on the door obviously for, for those reasons as well so like as you've kind of touched on Sean like it's a, v- a very special event and you know Rob obviously and Jor and, and Paul as well the lads that won obviously had very special attachments with people Absolutely, it's 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 that kind of a rally. It's kind of, um, it is very competitive and it's very it's taken very serious by people. But I don't think it's as kind of cutthroat as the, the the international rally in May or maybe trying to to win Donegal or something like that. It's there, there's an element of crack about it, an element of uh, fun and camaraderie, and uh, it starts on Friday evening with the the rally cars and the the Christmas lights in Killarney Town Centre. Uh, that's spectacular in its own right, and. Um, I think the move to a Saturday event a number of years ago has helped as well. And I, as I said earlier, the the, the climbing climbing the mountain on um, on Saturday morning, you see the snow capped Miguel Gotti reached your right inside. It reminds you of Monte Carlo Rally, and then uh, then the the, the the kind of prize giving and the the Saturday night after party is probably better served on a on a Saturday night because people people um, can you know relax on Sunday rather than trying to rush back to work on a, on a Monday and all these little things just make this a kind of a very very special rally um yes as I say very competitive and everybody that's in whichever category the historic or the modified category wants to win this rally uh but there's more crack I think to it. there's more fun and more there's maybe not as much stress I'll ask the guys that would they think there's more stress in May or more stress in, in November uh, I would go with there's less stress in November but maybe the boys know better they're the guys racing up there and they're going up there a hell of a lot quicker than I ever went up there in my heyday 20 years ago so what do you reckon lads yeah it's definitely I think uh, more of a fun in the year event definitely everyone is in brilliant form uh, Christmas, Christmas atmosphere everything it's just uh, it's a great event to be involved in. I think it's getting bigger and bigger every year. And uh, even the start to Miles Gap last Saturday morning, the crack and the banter and the winding and everything between everyone was, was gas-like. But the second you put the helmet on, then it changes. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. It's all great crack at the start ramp and it's all great crack leading out of the The winding going on at the start of the gap was something frightening Saturday morning. And... A lot of lads have been scratching their heads wondering are these lads going to tear the heads off each other. But I know it's all, it was all good cracking. But like that, when the helmet goes on, same the last time out in 2019, it was all good crack with Paul and Craig and everything up to the start. But when, things, when the flag dropped, it was we're, we're all there to do one thing and that's go as hard as we can. And as we all want to do, we want to have a bit of crack at the end of the year. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a good fun event. But serious enough when you put on the helmet too i think what makes it interesting lads is you know and i suppose even from like my father would always tell me he, he went to heaps of rallies in in the 80s and, and the early 90s and he loved nothing more than a, a mark two in a rear wheel drive car and obviously you know we we went into bmws and subaru legacies and stuff and 
obviously and then on Saturday that's that's what you're bringing back to people so I think a lot of people that might have stopped going to rallies because they thought it might have been gone a bit too boring or whatever you know you hear this thing thrown around the cars are stuck to the road now etc etc like I think that's what's so novel about the event in particular for me and I think it's a factor in the big crowds that we saw the other day and obviously the fact that things have been fairly slack in terms of events has obviously helped as well but definitely the standout I think is is the machinery that's there and that's a big big draw um I wonder, like, you know, obviously there's a uniqueness to it, but could we see, you know, this kind of evolving another little bit? Because people spoke about, you know, having having the Group A class back and the legacies and all. We spoke about it with Gary Bradley, I think, on, on a podcast previously. Uh, is that something you, you can see happening? Like, I know we're heading into the historics territory, obviously, but an actual a Group A class kind of, so to speak, again. Can you see that happening? And, you know, if so, what are the possible drawbacks? I, I know parts has been mentioned as a possible drawback. Uh, I think that would actually help in getting there's already big crowds there but it might get a few more back again I don't know what your thoughts are I, I think it's happening already really I mean uh, Alan Ring and Ray Breen turned out two fabulous uh, Subaru legacies yep. and um, Johnny Greer turned out a fa- fabulous Sierra, Sierra Cosworth 4x4 and their K-Spec FIA-Spec historic rally cars um, and I suppose it's only a matter of time before the first of the world cars become fall into the, the same category is it right or wrong I don't know Um uh, I'm going to say it is right. I think um, the sound of Alan's car up through the gap and the, the the legacy popping and banging. We spoke earlier about the entries taking us back to the early 90s. And that certainly took us back to the, the, the late 90s and sure everything moves on. And um, yeah, I think I think to be a welcome addition, it just might be just changed the way uh, a historic rally is is run. But uh, look, they're, they're FIA K-spec cars and... Um, and like as I say, the the three three drivers that brought the former Group A cars the, this weekend, they turned on turned out three beautiful cars, and they're three very capable drivers. And um, yeah, it's it brings you back to the mid nineties. So what's next? The mid two thousands. <clears throat> yeah, and that must be nostalgic for you lads as well, you know, because you know, for me on a personal level, growing up looking at all those cars and stuff, I that's what got me kind of into rallying and stuff. So I don't know how it sits with you. Yeah, yeah not this the group A cars there, the Adlands car there, it's kind of something that we watched. That's what we were watching when we were getting into rallying and uh, growing up with us. And uh, Jesus, to be nothing better than trying to get into one of them and fling it around the Clarny roads and up Mall Gap. I, I think, yeah, you're definitely right. It brings a, a different spectacle to the whole uh, historic rallying, I suppose, in the last 10 years. It was a lot of Mark 1s, Mark 2s, and maybe there were too many of them. And over the last couple of years, we've seen the likes of the Subarus, the M3s, the Sierras, all them coming back. And I think the, it definitely brings a, a total different spectacle to the whole thing. Jory, you were going to say something there, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, like, they're such iconic cars that they, when I was young, starting watching rallying, these are the cars I was watching. They were the, the top cars. And it's um, it's unbelievable to see them back again, not to mind in the original libraries and stuff. And uh, they're all built to the right specification, etc. And it's just, it's class to see them back. Absolutely. Well, listen, um, we'd like to know what's kind of what's happening next, because, you know, Rob, we've obviously had a little chat recently or not so recently, I suppose, a few months gone out this stage. But in terms of a lot of people love nothing more than Rob Duggan and, and Amara, too. Obviously, you went and built that now. And it's a fabulous piece of machinery. But a lot of lads like look at Rob Duggan and R5 as well and uh, and four wheel drive machinery. So is there any plans in place for, for next year or are we are we looking beyond that at the moment? Ah, no, look, the, the, the plan the last three years was trying to get this escort finished and get it out. And um, 
there's still a lot of work to be done to that. It's yes, it was good the weekend, but uh, there's a lot of tweaking to be done with it yet. So, um, we're just kind of play around with that. Um, hopefully, well, we'll definitely be in Killarney in May if it's running. Uh, hopefully, and uh, we're just going to try and fill in a couple of rallies around it. Um, maybe West Park because one of the big games I suppose is to go to Donegal. Uh, I've been there in the R5. I'd love to go there in the escort. Um, just to see what it's like. I think it'd be a big task, but there's also a, a big budget to go there. So I suppose we'd have to limit a few rallies coming up to that just to make sure we can go to Donegal and do it right. So uh, look, I'll just take it as it comes, get the car right first and um, yeah, keep on top of things before we get to Donegal and make sure the car is right and we're right going up there and uh, see where it goes from there. I'd like to do a couple of odd rallies. The, the, the Belgium rally is definitely... Something that interests me, the practice that the other lads had over there this year. And uh, it just looked like an all-round good fun weekend and a, a bit of a holiday mixed in with the whole lot. I think it's something that uh, a lot of Irish crews will probably think of next year. And um, maybe we might join them as well. Um, but nah, pick and choose, not really to push them getting into any championships or anything. I just, I've done the championships. I've been there and, yeah, I just... Uh, we're just out for the fun now. That's what the escort is for. And um, go hard when we're inside the seat and have a bit of fun when we're out of it. And like the slagging at the start of the gap, give each other abuse and go hard and try and win. And that's kind of the the main aim these days. That's the job. Well, listen, lads, it's a pleasure to have you on the, the Irish Rally Podcast. We'll be following your progress uh, very closely, no doubt. Um, best luck with uh, with next year and all. Congratulations on the win. Um, obviously we said it's, it's, it's a special one and uh, look, delighted to have you on and we'll chat to you soon, alright? Perfect, thanks, thanks. There we go. thanks so we say goodbye to Zer, and we say goodbye to uh, Rob and uh, Nicole Drought is on standby uh, we'll bring her in just a moment's time um, Sean, you know, we, we mentioned kind of nostalgic things and I just want to play this clip first and we'll have a quick word on it uh, Hey, I've been the, the amount of online give me one second Absolutely unbelievable. There's far too many people to thank for getting us here this weekend. Like on Tuesday night, there was nine men working around this car. It was like out tonic coming out of the, the lake. There was more bodies around it and too many people to thank. And Amazing. Thanks. A great tribute to Rory this weekend. I'm glad you got to the end because it, this is so much more than just finishing the rally. This is, this is a magic moment. Like. Yeah, really is. Yeah, thanks Sandy Walsh for uh, giving us access to that clip. So that's obviously quite special. I do have the photograph of that shell somewhere as well, Sean. But it has to be seen to be believable. Actually, fire up there later because uh, I just haven't time to go digging it out here at the moment with the with the multitasking aspect of it. But uh, yeah, very yeah. special, Karen. Credit to the guys that they went to the trouble of finding their car and rebuilding their car. Uh, they would have raced directly against uh, Rory Gallagher in the Mitsubishi Challenge days, of course, and uh, just a nice tribute to, the, to, to their old friend, uh, Rory. Uh, he started rallying at 19 years of age, and uh, that was the car that he first started uh, started out on. Uh, I don't actually know the event he started out on. He's only 19, but uh, 1993, I believe, was the first outing in that car, but just kind of into the kind of later and... The, the mid to late nineties that he really started making a name for himself in the um in the Peugeot two or five he had some serious giant killing performances in the the late nineties in that car 
and then he went down to the UK to the the Peugeot 106 and 206 Cup and further further up the rings ranks and um, competed twice at World Championship level as well. He competed in uh, Rally Finland in a front wheel drive Astra and he competed in Rally Finland in a Mitsubishi Evo 9, I believe, uh, with Greg Shinners alongside him. But these are like uh, Rory was a talented driver. He was a gentleman. He was um, he was. Uh, I don't know. It was just a sad, sad loss. He uh, he suffered motor neuron disease, and uh, unfortunately, they, they took him out of it in uh, two thousand six. Um, sadly, missed a fantastic driver, a fantastic person, and um, sorry, he retired from rallying in two thousand six. That's what I meant. He but he he passed away some years later with the after succumbing to the illness. But uh, hugely missed, yeah, hugely missed, and uh, uh, probably we're talking about Craig and Paul to, uh, trying to fly the flag and being the, the top level Irish driver um, at world championship level now I think Rory's probably deprived of the chance of going to the, the, that level uh, 20 odd years ago because he certainly had the talent Absolutely, well look a very nostalgic moment in fairness and again thanks to Andy for giving us access to that Nicole Drought, how's things? Hi guys, how are you doing? Thanks for having me oh, Great to have you on, listen thanks for coming on at such a short notice you, you answered the the Call of Duty. Um, an enjoyable weekend for you? Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, I didn't know what to expect kind of going into it, even though I had been around the rally scene with my dad. It, it, I suppose it had been some years since we were kind of in that loop. So, um, yeah, even going into the, the recce the week before, it was it was a bit of a shock to the system to, to what I'm used to. But uh, I enjoyed every second of it. And like every single person, be a navigator, driver, mechanic, whatever, they were so helpful and yeah, it just it made the weekend a bit easier for us. And the class win also? <laughs> yeah, well uh yeah our, our goal was to get to the to the finish to be perfectly honest and keep the car in one piece. So that that was uh that was first on the agenda and thankfully yeah everything went smoothly. Good stuff. Well look uh, it wasn't without drama of course because I think on your first run you had intercom failure, is that right? We did, yeah. We we were literally at the at the start line and uh we said we, we'd plug them in again just to make sure everything is okay and uh yeah that, that we had we had no intercom so that was that was really tough i was watching hand signals for for three stages and it just felt like i was driving completely blind i couldn't remember anything from from the recce so uh that was really tough but we made up from having the the intercom for the second loop we made up a savage amount of time so i was kind of raging there wasn't a, a third loop to um to go away that step further again but um yeah it was a great experience yeah so like with the, the hand signals and all that's something i, I remember uh um end and all and michael lester years ago having to do something kind of similar or whatever but uh yeah i mean you're obviously in in your in your game there is no hand signals there's not there's no one there beside you kind of um i don't know is that is that a help or a hindrance on rally day but i, I sure as hell would rather have pace notes any after we're going <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely the pace notes have been handier i mean I know on circuit racing we don't have a, a co-driver, but we'd usually have a go of a simulator, or watch some onboard, and have a, a fair idea of of what what corner is coming up. So um, that was tough, just having to to trust hand signals and um, trying to get through as safe as possible. At the same time, it was it made the weekend so much more difficult than it needs to be. I knew it was going to be tough, um, but um, yeah, that second loop, as I say, was just unbelievable. It was, it was just such a good feeling and. And everything came into place. Yeah, you were probably that bit more relaxed as well, were you? Or were you actually nervous at all beforehand? Even though I know you had the intercom problems, but how how were you actually feeling beforehand in comparison to maybe a race or whatever? Um, I suppose 
I knew it was going to be tough and I was kind of a bit, um, kind of had the butterflies, I suppose, but that's probably not a bad thing. Um, I do a lot of work to, to keep the nerves at bay anyway with um, a performance coach. But um, when, the, when the intercom thing came, I just thought, oh God, this is going to be, it's going to be even even worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, once I kind of got through the first stage, um, all I just kept thinking was I need to get to service and, and everything will be fine. And as soon as we got to the start line of, of Miles Gap again for the second run, um, I felt quite good. And yeah, we just got into a rhythm and everything just felt like it was, it was supposed to be. So um, it wasn't too bad, but could have done without that, the intercom issues, to be honest. And you ended up catching a few cars over the course of the day? Yeah, I think we caught three, um, got two in, on the first stage and one in the second. So um, I suppose driving blind wasn't the worst in the end, but um, we still, as I said, we made up a huge amount of time in the second loop. So it would have been interesting to see how much more time we could have made up if, um, if we didn't have those issues. Yeah, and Sean, you will know the difficulty of that, right? Because although Nicole would know from racing that wing mirrors are there, wing mirrors are there rather, and they are used. Rally drivers don't really use them, do they? In fairness, and <laughs> sometimes no, don't know when to pull over. Like, uh, well, you know, you, you kind of know who's around you, and you're, you're going to be fair. And sometimes you try and rejig your positions at the start of the stage if you know there's a quicker driver uh, behind you. You're going to swap around, but there's not always the time to do it. I mean, there's only. You know, you're putting two cars per minute into a stage, and you're not going to have the those the the way they ran that that rally. Like it was as as, as slick as you could. So there, there wasn't much time for that swapping around. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's an exciting moment of being either being caught or catching. And catching is probably a little bit more dangerous because you're you're going to push yourself a little bit harder to to reel in the driver in front. Um, but it's um, yeah. But I'm sure Nicole will t- tell us better there about the. The, as I mentioned myself earlier, but um, to be nice to hear from someone up the country that uh, came down and saw those stages in the, the winter time for the first time, the, the scenery, the atmosphere, the, the challenge of the roads, uh, that's what rallying Killarney is all about. And uh, I'm just curious to know what uh, what Nicole just thought of, not, not just from Lone Miles Gap, but Bullock Bema and uh, Cara Lake as well, and and the scenery and uh, the crack around Killarney as well, just from, uh, for want of a better word, an outsider's point of view rather than a, a carry man's point of view. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, that was one thing I said was there wasn't much time throughout the day. It was all a go, 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 even in in service. I think we had about 30 minutes and it was out the gap. And as soon as we got to, to the first stage again, Wells Gap, it was time to put the helmet on and get cracking. So there was no no waiting around. Um, it was a very, very well-run event. Um, probably went too fast, so I'd loved, <laughs> would have loved a third loop. Um, but yeah, even just thinking of, of recce there, that we did recce on the Sunday, and it was just the most sun and day. So this is just going to be amazing. The views are amazing. Just remind me of playing PlayStation all those years ago and uh, doing uh, the Colin McRae games and stuff like that and seeing the stages around the world and thinking that, geez, this is so cool. Um, so, the, yeah, the stages in, in for, for that rally were just spectacular. Um, I think I might be disappointed if I go do another, another rally because it won't be as cool. But, um, yeah, they were just... I have to say, unbelievable and a very well-run event. And it, what the other thing that was amazing as well was the amount of spe- spectators that were out. And, you know, I got loads of messages and stuff, and it was really nice to have that support because I, I knew it was going to be really difficult coming from circuit racing. So um, to have that support there as well, just, um, it was just, it was overall just a really nice event. Mm-hmm. And some lovely photographs as well. Um, the thing I'd like to ask is, obviously, you know, you grew up around rallying or whatever, so why circuit racing first and how has it taken this long for you to maybe sample rallying? 
yeah i think like i when I was younger, I, I didn't know anything about circuit racing, and I thought, you know, that was definitely not a route I was going to go down because I was such a rally head. Um, but my dad took a break from rallying for a couple of years and made the switch into circuit racing in about 2000 and maybe 13, 14. Um, so I suppose I followed him for two years doing that, and that's where a, a, an opportunity came for a car came for sale actually in my local town. And so it kind of just uh, fell into place from there. Um, and I really enjoyed watching him do it. And I suppose that's why I made a step into circuit racing. But yeah, it had always been a goal of mine, especially a childhood dream to um, to compete in a rally. So um, yeah, I think 12 year old me would have been would have been crying if she knew that she was going to be doing Killarney Historics for her first rally. Mm -hmm. So obviously there's a few more on the agenda you'd hope, I suppose, if you can get an old deal together. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I mean, like, I only got to drive the mini the night before in around little car park, so it wasn't the, the best to start to get to, to know the car. Um, but I feel quite confident with it now, and I think, you know, I'd love to, to jump in for for the next round if possible. But um, we'll see what way it pans out. But um, if the opportunity arises, a hundred percent, I'll I'll jump at it and get back in a rally car. Good stuff. And what's next on the agenda in general? Um, so I'm hoping next year to compete again in brick car. Um, I was driving a TCR Hyundai um, i30N uh, this year and it was, I kind of I really clicked with the car this year and I'm, I'm quite confident with it. So um, if I could attack the championship next year with that car, I think I could do quite well. So fingers crossed. Now, this is the time, I suppose, where rally and race drivers are trying to get their budget together. So um, hopefully we can, we can get it together and make a, an attack of the championship. Good stuff. Sean, any questions before we uh, let Nicole go? I do think it's great to have uh, someone like Nicole in, in Killarney for the weekend um, and especially someone coming from a, a racing background rather than a rally background. Um, and yeah, she mentioned there her um, her uh, her helmet gave trouble at the start of the, the first stage, I think, or, or the intercom system in the rally car. But there was, there was just heard it back in the hotel in the bars later that night because there was uh, two friends of mine involved in the repair of that. Uh, the Mick Smith, the chairman of London Irish Motor Club, a proud Killarney man that came home from London specially to do the rally. And his navigator, who's also a London Irish member, Brian Commons, a Limerick man that gave many years living the other side of the pond. So it's great to see the London Irish... Killarney connection helping the, the the new person involved in rallying to try and get the whole situation solved. Two experienced men and two white wise men, but um, yeah, I, I'd like to know what what. As I say, it's been a fantastic weekend of atmosphere. Um, the, the ceremonial start, I'm sure, uh, Nicole, on a Friday evening was a new experience for you as well. Uh, I'm just wondering how you uh, reacted to driving a rally car through uh, essentially a Christmas parade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that really kicked it off for me and. Um, you know, to see, because a couple of the guys I was talking to in, in scrutiny and um, they were just saying that they thought that maybe there might be as big a crowd this year with, with COVID and stuff. So it was um, it was really, really nice to see a huge crowd and um, everyone just mad to see the rally cars. And, and I suppose after a long break with COVID and stuff, people were relieved to see um, to see everyone back in action. But yeah, it was really nice and to go over the, to go over the ramp for the first time and that really just kicked it off and it was it was a really good buzz um but yeah it was mega just 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 um, just a really great feeling really really nice good stuff listen nicole Drow, thanks a million for coming on the Irish rally podcast and again at adelaide notice as well uh, well done uh, on the weekend and uh, we'll be following your progress closely and we'll chat to you again soon all right 
Brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks a million. There we go. So, Sean, it's back to myself and yourself. So, we have a couple of bits and bobs to go through. I'd like to go through the, the class winners, first of all, obviously from the, the Rent to Kill initial Killarney Historic Rally. Obviously, you know, Craig taking the overall win with Paul, uh, Alan Ring then, and Adrian DC in that class. This is Class K. Uh, you know, Donna Kelly and Rory Kennedy. And then you have Eamon Kelly. Now, Eamon Kelly is someone I wanted to mention because he was spectacular, in fairness. Like, that would have been his first well, time in Machine Blade Dash. Eamon and Father and Son, like, and they finished yeah, yeah. fifth and sixth overall, or four, four, fourth and fifth overall, sorry. Uh, but that that's a great achievement for, for, for Eamon. And, and Donna has won a lot of rallies down the Clarny direction, but... Uh, father and son, fourth and fifth overall. That's uh, that was a nice, that was a nice little uh, yarn there. In fairness, yeah, not too, uh, not too shabby at all. Going down to the classes, uh, B two that went to uh, Colin McDowell and Michael Spence. B three, uh, Tom Slattery, Helen Slattery. Then you have John Keatley. Now John Keatley is another lad we need to mention. Uh, he yeah. won class B five, so that's a connection yeah, he, back to the first event, I believe. Yeah, yeah, he won the he won the first ever Canary Historic Rally uh, as uh, founded by the late great Morris Nagel in 1996 and uh he's been back in Killarney a few times since then he's done uh he's done um the lakes and he's done the historic rally over the years but that was the car that he actually won the original event in 25 years ago the only difference is that uh the car is now painted red and it was previously painted white when he won won 25 years ago so the organizing club gave him the the special number of 25 in the doors and uh um, and, you know, it was a special occasion for John as well. Like to be back around 20, 25 years on. He's good crack. He's good company. He's a good good person. He's a good rally man. And uh, uh, you know, uh, who'd have thought that when he won the first event that he'd be back twenty five years on? And uh, you know, that's that's very that's a, that's just a nice little side story to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Twenty five in the door kind of added to the photographs that were taken over the years or or over the weekend. Definitely, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, class C one, Brian Carson. Uh, class C two, Ed Calden. C three, yeah, uh, you know, he's he's been around a long time. Uh, back always, I think, uh, except maybe more recent years, but always associated with kind of Chrysler Peugeot type, um, you know, French French cars, and like uh, the Chrysler became Talbot, and Talbot became Peugeot, and you know, there's all this. In if you know the history of the, the motor manufacturers, but Ed was always associated with that brand of car. Um, uh, I first came across him a long time ago. He used to be doing the Bally Beach Rally down, down in Kerry in a Group A Peugeot 205. And there he was back again in a, an Avenger. So he's keeping the link with the, fr- the French models. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on to uh, C3, we said Pat Looney and Amy Bork. C5. Yeah, Mike Simpson. Debut, first ever rally for Amy. She comes from a, an equestrian background, but she jumped into the breach there with, with Pat. So fair play to her. Yep, nothing wrong with that. Uh, C5, uh, I want to give special mention to uh, Mr. John O'Reilly. He's, uh, you know, obviously uh, Managing Director of Tree Rock, Tree Rock.ie, our uh, sponsors here this evening. So, uh, in fairness to him, um, Mike Simpson won that, that last with uh, with Dale Gibbons. Uh, class D1, obviously, the aforementioned Nicole Drought with uh, Aaron McElroy. Uh, D2, that went to Brian Crawford and Finian Hannigan. Now, Brian, another Brian Crawford is a very good friend of ours in the Charlie podcast. He was supposed to go with uh, Davy Greer and that didn't materialize no i think right and um, well there's a story with myself and finney and hannigan actually which goes back about uh 15 or 16 years ago right. it was that and uh, i was um i was i suppose odds on to win the irish forestry championship alongside uh patrick elliott in the mitsubishi evo 6 but a previous back injury from the year before absolutely manifested itself through through the summer and i wasn't able to do the last round and the last round was in Killarney. I ended up doing a time control in the in the Killarney Forestry Rally with, with my back in uh, in very bad condition and uh, couldn't doctors' orders or not allowed to do the rally. 
and uh, uh, by default, in because one of the other drivers I was in the, on on for a podium was um, he had several different navigators through the year. So by the time everything sorted itself out, Finney Finney and Hannigan actually became the the overall co-driving champion for for the Forestry Championship that year, and I hadn't met him since that fateful day in Castle Island until Sunday evening outside the Glen or Saturday evening outside the Glen Eagle. So we'd go to a laugh about that one anyway. And uh, you know, he fair played him. He finished and started every round and I, I had to miss one. So no, it was it was nice to beat him after a long time. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say that. <laughs> uh the key Toronto stories. Um yeah, yeah uh, D three that went to Noel Dyne and uh James Morta. Uh, D five obviously Cap McCord and Lee Minehan third overall I think as well. Yeah fantastic um, best best escort in the historic rally. Uh, Liam, Liam, of course, is a member of Killarney District Motor Club, so at least one pa one occupant of each of the top three cars were a member of the local club. So Paul Nagel, first overall, KDMC member, Alan Ring, KDMC member, dri driving second overall, and Liam Minehan, third overall, uh, KDMC member. So that was that was it. We the club, the local club, locked out the podium, if you like. That's the way. That's the way you want it. Um, there's a rattle of classes in this, in fairness, now. Yeah, <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing is class, uh, says you. But uh, yeah, uh, E1 that went to William Avity there in that fabulous Samba, yeah. obviously the Rory Galligan connection we've uh, we touched on. Uh, E2, that's uh, Irla Carty. Uh, class 1 then, uh, Kevin Flanagan, Mark Riley. Class 2, uh, Mr. P.J. O'Dowd with Denny Graney. The boys are uh, uh, yeah. the chairman of, of my local club, the Kerry Motor Club in Chile, and uh, uh, he had a bad run in Banner there recently, uh, had gasket failure. They were up, uh, the parts only arrived Wednesday, and they were up all night Wednesday and all night Thursday getting the engine into that car. And uh, yeah, two two firemen in the car, PJ's a fireman in Chile, and Dinny Graney's a fireman in Castle Island. So, yeah, they were on fire up the gap on uh, Saturday morning. They were indeed. They were very popular. Um, PJ was very popular on the podcast with Mike yeah, Cleary there a few yeah. weeks ago as well. Yeah. Uh, class 3, James Cassidy and Don Lennon. Class 4, Light Hutchinson and Willie Fitzpatrick. Uh, class 5, Eddie Doherty, Tom Murphy. Class 6, Aidan Buckley, Shane Buckley. Yeah, two seven. as well, to be fair, all the Buckleys. Yeah, uh, given the two cousins. And uh, we talk about the London Irish Motor Club, but Shane is heavily involved in the London Irish Motor Club. He came home especially for the weekend. And Aiden is, uh, Aiden is uh, you know, they built that car maybe. I think, I think that was actually their 10th rally to, in, in you know, in, not, no, no, Shane is a very experienced co-driver, but it was Aiden's 10th rally as a driver and to be challenging for Class 13 or a different number in uh, this particular rally, but it's essentially Class 13 in national rallies. Uh, with just 10 rallies in the belt, that, that was probably one of the drives of the rally as well, in fairness. Mm -hmm. And class seven, last but not least, Rob Duggan, Dora Conway. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely outstanding. And I suppose mentioned their, their great friend and uh, rival on the day was Colin O'Donoghue and um, and Kieran O'Donoghue. Uh, there was a race on there, there was you know, there was they were swapping times, and uh, maybe Rob had the upper hand, but there was a close race between two very good friends and two very good mates. But Colin had um. Colin had a clutch issue and uh, he, he cleared Mall's gap the second time but didn't start Bullock Bama. So that was unfortunate. Colin had a great run in Belgium earlier on this year. He won the Escort Rally Special out there. So he probably preferred a bit more local local territory. But winning in Belgium is an achievement too, and that's 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 hugely um that's a huge achievement. Yeah. And we wanted to highlight four members of Clarny District Motor Club have given is it 40 years service like uh well I put my hand up and before the before the rally I put out a story then I said I kind of covered myself ever so slightly and I said at least two members of Clarny District Motor Club are going to celebrate 40 years of motorsport um the, this this year. Now uh Tommy Randalls, who was driving the famous Dino Dino Glow Ford Escort, 
Tommy did his first rally, which was the 1981 Circuit of Munster. And Dennis Cronin, who's from uh, Bantry, Ballyleek in West Cork, he's a member of the club as well. He did his first rally the Lakes in 1981. So they're 40 years involved in the sport. But then it turns out that um, Brendan Brosnan, who was driving the double O uh, car for the modified rally, he did his first rally in the Circuit of Munster in 1981. And then uh, Todd Falvey, who was driving a Ford Escort this weekend, competed on the 1981 Rally the Lakes as a co-driver to his cousin, um, Barry Duggan. So that's four members of the local club, Clarion District Motor Club, that competed, that have been competing in rallies for 40 years. Now, I apologise if there's probably one or two more going to come out of the World War after, after that statement, but a huge achievement for the for them and hugely popular members of the club and uh, good good drivers, good guys to have around the, 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 have around the rally event. Absolutely. Well, listen, like just... The one thing before I get your thoughts on the RSC and the success of Irish drivers in that it's something we've already touched on. It's an awful pity it was on the same weekend. Like we, we spoke about with Noel there last weekend, Noel Sullivan. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously they had they had plenty of drama as well. Unfortunately, it just didn't work out. It was a mad stage there yesterday. Uh, Paul Barrett and Gordon Noel went off mm-hmm. as well, you know. But like a lot of people would have wouldn't have minded a rattle off either of those events, like so maybe that'll be looked at in terms of trying to avoid that situation, it's a pity because they are two great events, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. There needs to be um there needs to be better taught. Even even straight away there, you're talking about the two biggest historic events, the the biggest Irish event and the biggest British event on the same weekend. Mm, that's it's a bit silly, but let's be let's call a spade a spade. Even if if one or the other was on last week or next week, or there was only two weeks behind them, anyone that has taken on the five days of the of the RAC isn't coming to Clarny or anyone that's coming to Clarny isn't, you know, they're not risking the car for five days later, if you understand me. So while it is a pity that there's some degree of clashing with it, maybe, um, maybe a month apart might be more realistic, but I think you'll never get the RAC uh, in mid October because they're trying to replicate the old RAC rallies of the, of the eighties and nineties with the, the, the snow and well, they get what sometimes be careful what you wish for. Um, yeah, but I don't know, it's, it's, it is an unfortunate class, but, but mm, there's plus and minuses. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, look, obviously, we mentioned the, the misfortune of the lads there, but we had you know some uh, some nice little stories there as well. So, uh, Gary Michael Henney, obviously, alongside Seb Perez, uh, second overall, and then Adrian Henderton and Rory O'Neill in third. Now, I saw a comment by Frank Kelly, I think, under. I don't know what post it was. Maybe he had it on his own page. Something along the lines of he's he's as likely to finish the rally as I am. And yeah. then you have a five-day rally and, and he goes third overall. And he, yeah. he's been spoken about a little bit on this podcast previously. Yeah. Um seems to be getting quicker with age. Yeah, well, fair play. And that's uh, like, like Frank Frank Kelly is having a rub off you. Um you must be um you must be doing right or something, something right or something wrong with uh, uh Kelly's well able to give the bad manners, you know. So um uh but it was a fantastic achievement for Adrian and Ronan, Ronan as well, like third overall. Uh Shout out to Gary as well. Gary's um Gary's having a great year in um in co-driving for Young Perez there now, and uh, they've done a few rounds of the World Rally Championship this year. Um, good guy, Gary's a proper rally man, a real real rally man. So best look to him. Hard look to our own man, Noel O'Sullivan, who came ever so close to winning the British Rally Championship and went horribly wrong in the penultimate penupl- penupl- stage. And um, I suppose the story kind of replicates itself again um on Monday. Um, we were just coming round from the Clarny Historic Rally weekend and. Uh, Trying to, or, or just just about waking up on Monday morning after a hectic weekend down here when the news broke that that they, they were out and of course Gordon Noble and um, and Barrett were out as well. They were both retired in the, the same stage. Uh, shocking hard look after a four and a half day adventure to what was left three four stages not even four stages left and uh, 
they didn't make it there. So real, real hard luck to both both crews. To be fair. Mm-hmm. So Sean, I think that's just about it. Anything else to add before we uh, we say goodbye? Yeah, no, it's been a pleasure and good crack talking to all the lads and I didn't get a proper catch-up with them all the weekend and so it's good to see um see everybody on tonight. One thing on behalf of Clarny District Motor Club is uh, just if people... I suppose the best thing to do is check my page for this now because I don't have the actual Clarny District Motor Club uh, details right in front of me. But there is a few programmes left over and if there's anybody wishing to buy a few uh, official programmes for the 25th anniversary event for um, Christmas present for someone, uh, just have a look at my my page, kerrymotorsportnews.com and there's an email address there for the club PRO and he'll, he'll make arrangements to post one post one out to you for, uh, I think it's kind of a story when they're gone, they're gone, like, so be dropping them a line as quick as possible. Okay, well, listen, Sean, thanks very much for giving up your time once again and coming on the Irish Rally Podcast. I've enjoyed the last hour or so immensely as well. Uh, we'll chat again soon, no doubt. Um, you'll you'll probably have to get uh, an interrailing ticket now for next year to follow Nagel around the place, will you? I would be expecting the private helicopter to be dropped outside my house, <laughs> Mr. Nagel. Interrail will not be happening. You can <laughs> <laughs> listen, come here. Um, we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks for coming on, all right? Good man, Kevin. Thank you very much. There we go, Mr. Sean Moriarty of Kerry Motorsport News. Um, yeah, uh, the comments have been absolutely flooding in. Lots of uh, well wishes to all our guests who uh, came on, and uh, we want to thank, obviously, Sean and Nicole Drought, Rob Duggan, uh, Jarrah Conway, and uh, obviously uh, Paul Nagel as well. We also want to thank our sponsors for tonight. That's uh, Tree Rock. Uh, you can visit treerock.ie or follow them across their social media platforms. And uh, you can follow us, obviously, on uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, we're, we're live in addition to YouTube. We're also on Instagram at Irish Rally Pod. Uh, turn on the old notifications there, you'll know when we're gone live. And generally, within an hour or so after the program, we get the audio across onto Spotify and Apple and Google. And you can even ask Alexa and uh, OK Google to, to start playing the podcast if you want it. You can email us either at uh, Irish Rally Podcast at gmail.com. That's where we leave it. Well done to everyone involved in a fantastic event at the weekend. And we'll chat to you again soon. Until then, take care.